for 30 years. Yep, you heard me right. I said 30 years. She started having symptoms in her mid-50s and lived till 86 years old. And I'm here to tell you her disease was the biggest gift I'll ever receive in my life. Not that there weren't hard times, not that I didn't cry, not that I wasn't frustrated, but there were a lot of beautiful moments that I will always hold dear to my heart and um, will never ever forget. But one of the things that I found as a family member was that there was no place to go to find services, products, and tools. And I just thought our family can't be alone. And that's why Alzheimer's Speaks became to be. It was about raising everyone's voice. So here on Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, as well as our blog and, and all the other variables that we do, it is truly about getting to hear and share and have these everyday conversations with people who are diagnosed, family members who have been affected and are caring for a loved one um, and or their friends, business professionals, um, authors. We've had, um, we've had singers and songwriters and movie directors and of course top researchers on the show. So if you have a story you'd like to share, Regarding dementia or caregiving, please reach out to me. I would absolutely love to hear from you. And if you are a business who wants to expand your brand footprint, um, again, uh, just shoot me an email at lori, L-O-R-I, at alzheimerspeaks.com, and I would love to show you how we can assist you in that process because we have multiple media outlets all in the arena of dementia and caregiving. And of course, for you, our listeners, again, I, I have to thank you each and every show because your loyalty, your likes, your clicks, your shares have expanded our brand footprint around the world. And it is just an honor to work with each and every one of you. And I want you to know that, that I truly am here and committed to help anybody in any fashion that I can and support you on this journey. I think it's really important that we work together and raise each other's voices to build that sense of community and collaboration and comfort so that people can again get the resources they need and they deserve. And by working together, I truly believe that we are going to be able to win this battle against dementia sooner than later. Now, before I introduce our guest, I always like to give a shout out uh, to a few organizations. One is Stallcatchers, and Stallcatchers is actually a research project, but it's a video game that anybody can play from age six to 96, anywhere in the world. And while you're playing this video game, you're actually analyzing real Alzheimer's data. And don't worry about being perfect because they, um, they can tell when we have it right or when we have it wrong. But it's 
saves a ton of time and a ton of money in the research field so that they can really push things forward. So check out stallcatchers.com. And then of course, uh, dear to my heart are the memory cafes. We now have over 800 of them in the U.S. This was a concept that I found out about through the U.K. And David Light who and Norms McNamara, who shared that concept uh, with us. And it's been my honor to launch some here in the U.S. By no means have I done all of them. We have lots of different groups working on these, and they're all twist and, and change a little bit meeting their community's needs, but they're for people with dementia and their care partner um, to meet others on a similar journey. And they are just amazing. And you can go to memorycafedirectory.com to see if there's one in your area, or maybe you're hosting one and you want to get into the directory. It's free of charge. So again, just go to memorycafedirectory.com. Now, at the holiday season, which is right around the corner here, a lot of people are looking for gift ideas, but this idea works all year long because you know what? People are dealing with dementia all year long. And Keith Gallus, who has spent more than 20 years helping families work through all of the questions that keep popping up through the journey of dementia, has written a book called Parental Dementia, a guide through all the difficult questions. And you can actually get a discount by putting, going to his website, uh, parentaldementia.com. Again, that's parentaldementia.com. Put in the code Lori, L-O-R-I, and um, you'll save $5.99. And if not for you, maybe you have a friend or a family member who could use this information. Um, I find that it's, it's very, very helpful. Now today we are going to be talking with Sue Carruthers, who took care of her mom who had Alzheimer's for seven years. And she felt compelled to write a song to speak for her mother who couldn't as the disease progressed. And so welcome, Sue. How are you doing today? Great. How are you, honey? I am doing wonderful. You know, I just love my job and it's just such a thrill to be able to talk to people like you who have done something amazing to, to share their story and, and lift other people's spirit. But before we, we talk about the song itself, can you tell us a little bit more about your mom and your journey with her? Like maybe what were some of the symptoms that you saw and when did she get diagnosed? Uh, that's always helpful for the audience to know. Okay. Well, in my mother's case, she actually didn't have very many symptoms and she just had a stroke and after the stroke um she you know she got alzheimer's after the stroke but she was talking right after the stroke uh it was a very unusual case she, right after the stroke i mean massive stroke too uh she was 89 at the time but she was doing her bills everything everything lived by herself uh the day before and her and i are very spiritually connected uh when she was alive and now and she i knew something was wrong and i kept telling my husband and my son you know something's wrong with mom and 
And they said, oh, no. I said, she's not answering her phone. And they said, no, no, no. She probably knocked it off the, you know, receiver or whatever. And I said, no, I know something's wrong. So finally I had um, the office go down and check on her. And sure enough, she had fallen and was laying on the floor for eight hours. So she had a stroke during that time. And long story short, um, when she was at the hospital, um, she was talking clearly. She was so coherent. She was paralyzed from the stroke, but she was talking perfectly. And the doctor gave her 24 hours to live. He said, Sue, she's only going to live for 24 hours. This is a massive stroke. And I said, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this real fast. Mm -hmm. I said, that's not what God is telling me. And I said, I'm sorry. I don't feel, I, I feel like she is going to live. I don't know how long, but I do feel like she is going to live. And he just patted me on my shoulder and said, you're just in denial, dear. My mother lived for seven years past that stroke but he gave her 24 hours and you know, it was just very, very unusual. What happened was after the stroke and he thought I was nuts by thinking she was going to live uh, when he said 24, 24 hours, excuse me, I just needed to be by myself and go down. And there was the only place in the, in the hospital was the bathroom that I could be totally alone. And I was crying and praying and, saying, am I crazy? You know, God, do I have this right? Is she going to live? And, you know, because I, I feel like you're telling me she's going to live. And she was paralyzed. And I just, you know, I kept thinking, yes, she's going to live. And so I was walking back down the hall to her room. And my son ran down the hallway and said, where have you been? And I said, well, I was in the in the bathroom. I was crying and praying. And then he said, well, Grandma just tried to crawl out of bed. Now, she was paralyzed. I, I swear to God on my life, I asked God for a sign. And she tried to crawl. She was paralyzed. She tried to crawl out of bed. And I thought, that's my sign. That's my, I mean, how more obvious can you make it? And she and I are so spiritually connected. And I just, I just knew, and she was still talking and that doctor, I told that doctor what just happened and he was just shocked, but he still felt she was going to pass within 24 hours. And I said, please go get me a neurologist. She just had a stroke. I haven't even spoken to a neurologist yet. He said, okay. So he got me a neurologist. She put her through, a, my mother had better vitals than me that day. And they were saying she only has 24 hours. Now, the neurologist said, I agree with you, Sue. I think she's going to live. And we all have our own opinions as doctors. But I feel that she has a chance. And I'm going to sign papers for her to go to a rehab if, if you want. I said, yes, yes, I do want. Because look at how she's talking. And look at her vitals are better than my vitals. And I just think that he's wrong. I know it is. And she said, Oh, it's a massive stroke. All right. So we're not saying how long she has. He said 24 hours. I disagree with that. But I mean, to me, it was a miracle. 
you know, that, that she tried to crawl out of bed and, and then she's never moved hardly since then. That was the movement of God giving us the signal. She has never walked since then. Wow. She, they tried to get her to walk. They tried to get her to walk a, this is an incredible story. They, they tried to get her to walk after she survived the first month and get her up and she could barely, she just couldn't stand or anything. She went like two, two footsteps and then that was it. So they just said, look, she's going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of her life. And she, you know, but at least she was alive and she was still coherent. She did have another stroke after that. Um, and then she did not talk for months. So that's when it got worse and worse. And that's, so it did go through seven years. But what I'm saying is she was a little miracle to have that stroke and have a doctor give her 24 hours and be paralyzed. And then after I prayed and then asked God to give me a sign, then she tries to crawl out of bed but then never again. I mean, these things, see, I believe, I believe in God's timing. I believe in divine timing. And, you know, I don't believe these are coincidences at all. And, you know, so she was in uh, the rest home for seven years after that. And I did take care of her and she did decline, you know, Um, and I can talk to you more about that later, but, I just, I just want to say how much I believe in God's timing. And as a matter of fact, for you to be interviewing me today, yesterday was the year anniversary of my mother's passing. Now you, you didn't, you didn't know that, but that's how my life goes with my mom. Our (laughs) timing and our closeness. I mean, what are the odds of that? I don't think that's a coincidence that I'm talking to you today. And the year I was very depressed yesterday, of course, because of that, but um, it was a year yesterday. And when, you know, and then I thought, Oh my God, and I'm doing the, and I'm doing the um, interview the next day. I mean, all of these things, the way things have lined up is, is just, you know, beyond coincidence. These are definitely divine timings, God's timing in my mind. Everybody has their own opinion, but these things are just too incredible when they happen. And so, especially that her year passing was yesterday and I'm talking to you today. Yeah, it's, ah, it's interesting, Sue, because I, I um, people ask me, you know, what was your experience like? And I said, it really, it was a, it was a religious experience. It was so spiritual. I can't even put the connection into words. Um, the, the, the closeness, the comfort, um, you know, in, in my mom too, you know, that she was not, you know, they were giving her, you know, seven to 11 years back then. And she lived 30 and people would say, well, she can't have it. Wow because you can't live that long and I'm like well that's because for the first 10 they kept telling her it was her hormones and she knew it wasn't her hormones and you know misdiagnosis but um, my mom actually started coming to me in dreams when she couldn't talk and yes so she um and, and my mom and your mom are probably talking up and having there but my mom actually came to me when um, it was coming to the end of her life, and 
said, Lori, you know, you need to finish my obituary. I'm not sticking around much longer. So at two in the morning, I wow. and, and got to it. And then she another time came to me and said, you're not going to be here when I pass, honey. I need you gone. I need, I, wow. need, I need the rest of the family to experience death. And they won't do that because you'll be taking care of me. And I also need to know that you're going to continue this work. And so, you know, about three months later, my mom was actively dying. And I had two keynotes in Arizona that I had to go to. And all of my family, except my daughter, thought I was having a nervous breakdown because I'm always the person there when someone is is transitioning right. and and I was very peaceful because I knew that was what she wanted and so you know it's an opportunity for for people to look at the world a little bit different and I know for some it may, it may sound very very crazy um, but even you know with my dad when he passed you know he came to me when I was praying really hard when my mom was struggling and so fearful and just kind of gave me a, a comical story, but a technique that worked for her that was just crazy. You know, he said, have her go water skiing. And they were trying to get her up in a Hoyer lift. But the commands my dad used to teach us to water ski were the same commands. And she knew that and she was able to do that. And it took away the fear. You know, so sometimes we have to get beyond ourselves and stop judging things and just take it in. And, you know, some of you, you know, may not believe and that's okay too. I'm not here to change anyone's opinion, but. Right. Nor me, but we know what we experience and we're not crazy. And, and there is, even when somebody is unconscious mm -hmm. in an accident, I'm sorry, their spirit is still quite aware of what's going on. We are not only, you know, just even with uh, dementia and Alzheimer's, when their bodies are damaged, I'm, their spirit is still the same inside. And that is why I titled the song Still Alive Inside, because that is exactly what I experienced for all of those years when she couldn't talk and then maybe months later she would say a few things you know and and it's like is she gone is she totally you know i mean you don't know what to you know to make of it really but i since you know since she raised me I, we've always been spiritually connected we always believe that and and you know that's exactly what happens when they do kind of fade away that's why i put some of the lyrics like that um because it seems like they're gone but they really aren't your spirit is still and that's what i want people to realize with this song that was the motivation behind writing this song in honor of my mother is mm -hmm. i want people to realize that they aren't just shells that they are still a spirit inside there they're still the same self inside there and you know and it it's it's the whole you know it's the whole thing that people still think and they're they're entitled to think what they want but a lot of people think oh no they're gone they're gone they don't understand anything why would we celebrate a holiday with them they have no idea they don't even know who i am anymore mm -hmm. well i tell you what they're way more aware than you think they are and that's why I had to write the song because 
in the rest home she was at, they treated her more like an object than a person. And that just crushed me. And I, I really, when I wrote the first poem, remember this for me, I hung it in her room so that caretakers would possibly look at it and have more compassion and realize, you know, I am still aware of more than you think I am. And I still need every, you know, I still need love every day. I still need, you know, I am not an object. I am a person, you know, and, and that was the main motivation for, for writing it. And, and actually, like you said, with, you know, with visitations and stuff with your mother, either while they're still in the, uh, still in this life and after I believe in that totally because I've had so much mental telepathy with my mother through the years and even writing the song, which was a poem first, I actually didn't sit down to write it. I woke up in the morning one morning and all of these lines were coming out of my head and I thought, what is this? And I always have a paper and pad because this has happened to me. Um, and pen, oh, for years, you know, but I didn't know what this is. And I was writing down lines and it was almost like she was speaking to me, say this, say this, say this. I'm, I'm still alive inside. I'm still here. I'm, you know, like speak for me. And, and then when it was, when I figured out what it was, and then I put my own, you know, my own uh, writing to it as well. I thought, oh my God, this is, I have been speaking for her to all these people for years and they haven't listened to me. And then once I wrote the poem, remember this for me, and I hung it in her room and then I got my, you know, friend to, to sing it. That's what the whole purpose in the song is. They are still alive inside. And did my mother give me some of that information? She might have. She might have been, you know, uh, psychically talking to me and say this, say this for me. You know, I don't know because I did not sit down to write a poem that would turn into a song. So I'm just saying all of these things, I, you know, we've always believed in God so much. And as long as she lived, she would be quiet, you know, for, for months and not saying anything. And then I would take her into the church next door in the wheelchair and she would recite the Lord's prayer as we're walking in, because that's the part of the service we walked in at late. Mm -hmm. They were saying, they were saying the Lord's prayer. She remembered those words and she was saying it as we went in. So, I mean, you don't know. It's it's just, you know, their consciousness comes in and out, and they're not gone until they're gone. And even when they are gone, <laughs> I believe the spirit lives on. So, you know, just my personal opinion and experiences. I've had too many little miracles when when she survived the stroke the first time in the hospital and lived seven years after the 24 hours they gave her. You know, she was like a little miracle then. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. I was going to say, why don't we listen to this song, Still Alive? Okay. And then we'll, we'll come back and talk about that. Okay. Remember things for me when I cannot. Remember who I was before it came. 
Remember this for me, though I may not. I still feel love. And I have a name. When I get lost, please help me find my way. Though I may not eat, please feed my soul. Nourish me with music every day. I need affection, laughter, and more. Know that I am still alive inside. Though I may not speak, I know you're there. Know that I am worth a fight. I may seem gone, but I'm still here. When I disappear, I'm still here. But I'm confused and I don't understand. When I seem to sit and only stare. I need you to please just hold my hand. So I still feel, I still care. Know that I am still alive inside. Though I may not speak, I know you're there. Know that I am worth a fight. I may seem gone, but I'm still here. When I disappear, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still me. Please hear my plea. Open up your heart and have compassion for me. Love is the language we all share. My spirit is the same, and I'm still aware. Know that I am still alive inside. Though I may not speak, I know you're there. No. I am worth a fight. I may seem gone, but I'm still here. When I disappear, I'm still here. I'm still here. Remember this for me. Remember this for me. Remember this for me. I'm still here. Sue, this song is so beautiful. Can you tell our audience who is singing? Yeah, my friend uh, Lee Madison is a country singer. Although this song is a ballad, and it's it's not really a country ballad, but um, I wrote the poem and convinced her 
to to make it into a song. So she added lyrics to my poem and her beautiful voice, of course, and it became the song. And she knew it was in honor that I that I wrote the poem in honor of my mom, and I wanted the song in honor of my mom. And she was sweet enough to record it for me, and then she gifted it to me because she's a country um, singer and she's got a, a big career ahead of her and she was like right in the middle of her second album and I just said begged her to do to do this recording for me so she's very very busy and so but at least I have this is a this was the gift from her because she also uh, sang at my mother's um, memorial Okay. And so she knew how much the song meant. And so she, she gifted it to me. And uh, this is what I'm trying to do with it now is I have given it to a few um, Alzheimer organizations to, to hear. And, and, you know, I'm just starting out really. I'm just now, and just to find you was just so wonderful because I kind of found you by accident and, and uh, I'm so glad that you like the song. It it just, you know, I'm, I want it to touch hearts, you know, and you can relate to it because you lived through so much. Yeah, I, I'd like to um, go over some of the lyrics here because sometimes people listen to the song and they think it's beautiful, but they don't, it, they don't have time to necessarily process the depth of the words. And so it, right. it opens up, remember things for me when I cannot. Remember who I was before it came. Remember this for me, though I may not. I still feel love and I have a name. Powerful, powerful words. You know, the, thank you, honey. Again, showing that that person comes first. When I get lost, please help me find my way. Though I may not eat, please feed my soul. Nourish me with music every day. I need affection, laughter, and more. And I, I love that part about the soul, that connection. I think so many people, I know when, when I was going through the journey with my mom, there were two sets of people I found. And they would both ask how my mom was doing and one, one group really wanted to know, and the other group really wanted to give me permission to never go back because they were so right. comfortable uh. with the disease and they didn't know what to say or what to do. So it would just be right if I quit. And, you know, right. that's part of, of my journey. And I think it's part of yours to teach people that, you know, there's so much more to our relationships than, than what we think there is. Well, I wanted to say something since you got to that point uh, for the verse. When I, when I wrote, though I may not eat, please feed my soul. That makes me almost cry right now. Um, me too. <laughs> I wrote that. I wrote that. Yeah, I wrote that because though I may not eat, it really bothered me that she was on a feeding tube and I would never eat in front of her ever in seven years. I never ate in front of her and, and it bothered me that she had to be on the feeding tube 
And I thought, what can I do for her? I can't even enjoy a meal with her. I can't do any of that. So when I came up with the lyric, though I may not eat, please feed my soul. That is when I started putting headphones on her and feeding her soul with music, first off, besides mm -hmm. love, of course. But that is, that is the verse that I wrote. I had to start doing everything I possibly could do to feed her soul. And she loved people still to this day don't realize how powerful headphones are. Music is for them. Music is the last memory we have in our brain. Yeah. But a lot of people don't know that. They don't know that. And my mother lit up and was so much more functional when I had headphones on her. And this is way before, this is like two years in. Um, and I just thought, what can I do? What can I do? And in the second year, I, I just thought I started putting headphones on her every single time. And I could see the difference in how she was. She was so much more alert. She, she could look at pictures better. She could she was uh, track people that were walking around outside better. She was just way more alert. And I tried to tell the nurses that at the rest home and they said, Oh no, that's just your imagination. I said, no, it's not. As a matter of fact, I went to the administrator. I'm not saying where she was, but I went to the administrator and I begged them. Uh, I said, I can get from high schools and, and different places around here. I can get free headphones for these patients. You know, could you, and, oh no, we don't want to bother with that. Yeah. And I said, are you kidding me? And, and it was just, it was terrible. Anyway, all I know is that my mother had the headphones on and did so well. And one day, this is another miraculous story as far as God's timing, divine timing. I was watching TV at home and there was an interview with Michael Rosado Bennett who it did the documentary Alive Inside. Are you, are you familiar with that, Alive yeah. Inside? Yeah, he and, and okay. Daniel Cohen, um, who was the social worker. Yes, was, it was yes, yes. And, and Fox News was doing, real fast, Fox News was doing an interview with them about the headphones and, how, and, and showed, you know, a clip. And I was like, I thought, yes, of course that's right. Of course they're right. I've been doing it for two years with my mom. I know what they're saying is the truth. And I was like so impressed by, by what he was saying. I literally, called, I literally called Fox News and they actually gave me Michael's phone number, which I thought, well, I'll get an office and I'll leave a message for next week or something. He picked up. What is that timing? He picked up the phone and listened to this. I explained to him who I was and that I believed, uh, you know, in the, um, in the uh, headphones and, and how they awaken people. And, and I said, I just saw you on Fox News. And he said, well, Sue, he said, I am literally on my way. I live in New York, but I'm in L.A. I'm literally on my way to the first screening, L.A. screening of alive inside would you like to meet me there oh, okay. i said what 
I'm not kidding. I said, right now? He said, Sue, I'm five minutes from the front door. I'm mm-hmm. in a, a, in a taxi. Well, he called it a taxi. I don't know if it's an Uber, but he said, I'm in a taxi. I said, you mean I just called you on Fox News? They gave me your number. I'm talking to you, and you're on your way? to the, And he said, that's exactly what I'm saying. Do you want to meet me there? I said, well, I can't. He said, well, can you come Saturday or Sunday? I said, yeah, I'll come Sunday. So I met him. And I, and I said, I totally believe, I, I said, I just can't believe that this coincidence is not a coincidence to me. It's divine timing. And, and I told him, I know exactly what you're saying is correct. Cause I've been doing it with my mother for two years. And so we stayed a little bit in contact. And when I just finished this song in uh, October, when um, I call, I gave it to him and and I said, Michael, I hope you don't you don't mind that I, I have it, you know, titled Still Alive Inside. He said, no, I love it. I love this song. I'm going to share this song. So it, isn't that weird, too? I mean, yeah. all these weird little, I mean, it's it just so bizarre. So yeah. go ahead, honey. But I mean, I, I, the headphone thing is just very, very huge in this. Yeah. The yeah. music for the patients. Yeah, and again, people can um, access Alive Inside. They can go, even go to YouTube and see a shorter version um, of it. Yes. Just undeniable. My song is right, yeah. yeah. My song on YouTube happens to be right above Alive Inside. Yep, yep. <laughs> and it's, it's so, that to me I made me happy. I could have been, YouTube could have put me somewhere else on some other Alzheimer page or whatever, but there I am right above Michael. And I just thought that was so crazy, but he said, I love it. Yeah. I love the song and I love the. So I just love how these things are tying together. And even though it's, it's new for me in the song and, and, you know, she gifted it to me. So I'm the one that's going to be, you know, handling everything and where, where it goes because she just doesn't have time. But but she herself, her grandmother died of Alzheimer's, and her um, and she entertained some Alzheimer patients for years before all of this. But now, she, you know, her country music is, you know, taking up all of her time. But I just, I had to stop you there when you got to that because the headphones and the music and that all of that has led up to this, to my song and to this. It's just bizarre. Well, you know, in, in that last line, too, it says, nourish me with music every day, and I need laughter, affection, and laughter, and more. And the other day, I just interviewed a group, that, I, and I love this. It's called Laughter on Call, where comedians are hired to do one-on-ones or groups. Um, wow. Training with, with uh, communities um, to learn kind of improv and how to have fun and, and do just that. Now, in the chorus, you go on to say, know that I'm still alive inside. Though I may not speak, I know you're there. Know that I am worth the fight. I may seem gone, but I'm still here. When I disappear, I'm still here. I'm still here. I, I just think that's yeah. so powerful. And Yes. In so many, I'm getting teary-eyed, so many buy into, if they can't speak, they're not worth my time. 
You know, they've been told exactly that they can't understand. And I am very, exactly. very much like you. Um, I don't know what's worse, being teary-eyed or having a, a hoarse voice to boot here. Um, but, but I told I'm very touched, honey, that you're touched like that. I'm yeah. very touched that you're touched by the lyrics. Well, it's it's important. They're they're strong and they're they're poignant and and I mean they just um they just I'm have- just speaking the truth, you know. I'm speaking the truth as I experienced it with her and mm-hmm. how I observed other friends, their their Alzheimer um, relatives, and I would and I would try to coax them to put headphones on them, and 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 they go, oh oh, they left a long time ago, Sue. They're gone. They're gone. I said, no, they're not. No, they're not. Yeah, they haven't. Left. You know, so it really touches me that that you're touched, actually. Yeah. Well, people um, forget that most of our communication is nonverbal, and you know, when when we feel lost, we kind of I think in any format, we kind of become this stick in the mud and we want everything back the way it was before. Instead of looking at this detour as, you know, what gifts does it hold? What can it teach me? What can I learn? And, you know, for me, I learned that, you know, we as a society for the most part have accepted that a person in a coma can still take everything in, but we haven't applied it to other diseases like strokes exactly and and it's really really important um in order to not only feed their soul but you know they feed us too but Mm -hmm. only gonna find what you're looking for you go on to say when i'm confused and i don't understand when i seem to sit and only stare i need you to please just hold my hand because i still feel and i still care Beautiful, beautiful words. And, and most of those words are even Lee's. <laughs> Some of that, right, right, that that you just that you just did. Those are a few of the lyrics that she wrote. So I'm going to give her credit for that because it's true. Because we talked about it so many times, you know, and um, uh, it yeah. just it, it, it's true. All of these things are true, and and you know. She just took my my poem and added some lyrics, and you just happened to land on one of them right there. And and you know she understood obviously that's why she did the song with me because she wanted to do to honor my mother. She had already done my mom's memorial, and then I you know begged her to do this song for me. And um, you know, and it's the truth. We're just talking the truth. And it's like so many people, even in the rest home, even the nurses, even the CNAs, they, they, some, and I, you know, I'm sorry to say this because there's a lot of great nurse. My mother was a nurse for 23 years. I unfortunately think that even though she was in the state she was in and she could still communicate with us, to a degree, I think being a nurse for 23 years when she had these other nurses and CNAs mishandling her, I'm sure she was thinking, oh my goodness, no, that's not right. That's not right. Please don't do that to me. Please don't do You know, I bet there was a little bit of that nursing ability still in her mind. You know what I mean? That she yeah. realized, oh, this is not right. 
oh, I shouldn't be treated like this. And those are the things that bothered me too. It's just so sad, you know, that, that, and I'm hoping, you know, with the song too, that it just, there's, in my opinion, I'm going to go ahead and say this. In my opinion, I think when you are hiring in a rest home, when you are hiring an RN or a CNA, of course they have to be qualified, but their first qualification should be compassion. Yeah. And that's what I've seen time and time again that's lacking. They may have skills, but they just treat them like objects. And, and not all the time. I had some favorite nurses and CNAs in the seven years. But mm -hmm. I would say, you know, a lot still have the attitude that they're just babysitting. And, and do you know what I mean? And they yeah. really don't do as much you know that you know what i'm saying is true you know you know that well and many, it's a sad thing many are focused on the tasks that are in their job or even as family members i i fell into that trap too of the things i had to have to do that are all for my excuse me all for my loved one but what we don't realize is that we get so busy being busy we we lose our relationship and we don't take the time to sit down and just be close and, and realize that, you know, like the last line says, because I still feel, because I still care. It's not about what we do. It's about how we make somebody else feel when we do it. And that's the that's critical, critical piece. Um, the song goes on um, in the choir again, of course, and says, um, know that I'm still alive inside, though I may not speak. I know you're there know that i'm worth the fight i may seem gone but i'm still here when i disappear i'm still here i'm still here and then it says i'm still here please hear my plea open up your heart and have compassion for me love is the language we all share my spirit is still the same and i'm still aware i mean that's again so powerful and then you wrap up with know that i'm still alive inside though i may not speak i know you're there know that i am worth the fight i may seem gone but i'm still here when i disappear i'm still here i'm still here remember this for me remember this for me remember this for me i'm still here yeah thank you honey for reading it's the lyrics very beautiful and you know we'll post the lyrics um along with um the the youtube of of lee singing the song because it is it's just it's just gorgeous and and it's powerful it has so many lessons you know to teach people um do you have a you know you've shared a, a few memorable moments with your mom is there anything else that you'd like to share about your journey with her you know, I would because she just was like this, just amazing and just the miracles that I experienced with her, you know, like after she survived the stroke and then a year ago, uh, I, I told you yesterday was the year passing um, of my mom passing and 
a year before that, she was in the hospital. She had sepsis, heart attack, and pneumonia. She was in the hospital for 14 days and survived it. And her doctor walked over to me and said, I don't think you or I can survive sepsis, heart attack, and pneumonia at age uh, 96. I said, no, I don't think I could either. Wow. And, and so, yeah, and so he was shocked. And, and while she was in there, the nurses assumed she couldn't speak because they knew she had Alzheimer's and it was advanced. And I said, yes, she can. She's just like so miserable. She probably doesn't want to talk, but I'll tell you something about my mom. My mother throughout all of this for seven years, as bad as she got, she still said, I love you. That's how important it was. Yeah. That's, those are the only words that she could still say is I love you. And it just was, and when she was in the hospital, they said, the nurses kept saying, well, she can't talk right. I said, yes, she can. And they thought I was nuts. And then, and then my son came in and bent down and kissed her and said, I love you, grandma. And she said, I love you too. And the nurse swung around and she said, oh, she can talk. And I said, I told you, I told you she knows what's going on. And she, I told you she could talk. So, I mean, you know, I'm that always, you know, my mother always, my most wonderful memories, my mother always kissed my hand. But that was her way of saying thank you, you know, for yeah. me taking care of her, I guess. Yeah. But um, that that always got to me. So that those two things were the most important things. When there, she would go days or months, like I say, I was taking care of her for seven years. And my son is the one that came the most, you know, to see her besides me. But But when I... Uh, so they were very, very close before this, before all of this and after. And um, when, she, you know, she she also had a picture of Jesus, that eight by 10 I had above her bed and across her bed so she could see it in her bed. And then when we would go outside during the day, I would flip through. Uh, I made up an album of different pictures, eight by 10. So I would flip them. And this is kind of funny, actually, though, it's a cute thing to remember, though. But, you know, I, I would flip through all these pictures of family members, eight by 10s. And, and I had a couple of Jesus eight by 10s. And they're my, our favorite ones, hers and mine. And I flipped and then one and she was totally quiet, hadn't talked for maybe a couple of weeks, not even a word. And then I flipped the pages again with her for her. And then she, we flipped onto Jesus page again. And she said, Oh, you again. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And I just started laughing. And then I thought, Oh, good thing. Jesus has a good sense of humor because mom just said, Oh, you again. And she looked at me and laughed. She knew exactly that that was Jesus again. Like, how many times are you going to show me this, Sue? You know? Yeah. And so their consciousness kind of comes in and out, and they're more aware, you know, of things that, that we don't realize. And, and like I say, I would tell my son sometimes she hasn't spoken for three months. She can't 
speak anymore, honey. And then all of a sudden she'd say, I love you. Or she would say, okay. Or, you know, and so, and then the, the one, you know, with the picture, it was just a cute thing that she did, but kissing my hand, saying, I love you. And, and just, you know, I mean, I of course knew she was still with us, you know, she, in some days it didn't seem that way, but all the way up until the end, you know, so she, um, uh, it's, it is a long journey, but I want people to realize that, you know, they still need you. I think that the best medicine for any of them is a daily dose of love. And unfortunately, sometimes in rest homes, if it's not for the family or something, they kind of don't get that. Yeah. You know, and it's it's very sad. You know what I'm saying. And, you know, I, I just think that, you know, that the elderly are a little bit discriminated against when it comes to that. You know, they're they're like the forgotten. They're still the same person and still alive inside. And some of the workers just treat them more like objects than then the people I've actually even said to them, they are still the same people they were. And yeah. they just look at me like, no, you're crazy lady, you know? And, and so I am so happy now that with research and everything that, and people like you that are bringing such awareness to all of this, that they realize, no, they're not gone yet. They're, yeah. they're still in them. You know, they're still alive inside there. But, you know, and and start treating them with more love because that is what we live on. You know, that is that is what's so important, no matter, you know, if you're a baby, a baby can't communicate either too well, Mm -hmm. you know, but you, you still give them love. You may not be able to exchange many words, but they still are conscious and 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 understand what love feels like. And so do old people. And that's the part that I observed, just my own opinion, but what I observed in rest homes for seven years is I wish there was more compassion and they, some people didn't treat them like they were just babysitting objects. There or something they, you know, they need it so much. There needs to be so much. And I do think that that's changing. It's just changing slower than what we'd like. Um, but there's a lot of right. there's a lot of stigma and mis misperceptions that that need to be done. Um, how do you hope this song is going to help people? So, oh, yeah, totally. By just having family and caregivers, you know, just realize that first you know, whether you think they understand you even communicating or talking or what you're saying, or it doesn't matter what they do understand. They do understand still what it feels like to have their hands held. They still understand the contact, the human contact and the love that transmits from one person to another. You can still feel that whether it's a stranger giving you a love or a relative giving you love. And that is what is so missing. That is what I just really feel, you know, because they are alive inside. That is what we still have to do for them. We have to do as much as we can for them and not think, 
you know, well, they don't know. They don't know the difference. They do. They yeah. do know. They just can't verbalize it. Exactly. So I thank you so much, honey, because that's what my song's all about. You know, it, it's just about starting to realize, please, you know, just think of them as still the same person. You know, they are the same person. They're the same spirit that they were when they first entered this life, that they are when they leave this life. It's just when they have this condition, they cannot verbalize, they cannot, you know, and some can to a degree, like my mom, thank goodness, at least I had that. But, um, you know, she was still full of love too. Mm -hmm. You know, even though she couldn't speak, you know, even though she couldn't do certain things, she still felt the same spiritually. You yeah. still had that same connection. And I wasn't, it wasn't just wishful thinking. It was so apparent. Even other people that came to visit in the, in the room or other people in the, in the rest home would say, oh, your mom is still so affectionate and so loving. Always mm -hmm. I heard that. Yeah. Because that is who we are inside. We are, our spirit is normally, the normal state is loving, is love. Exactly. And that doesn't mean Exactly. And that, so, honey, that's what I mean about, you know, everything in the song is I just want people to, you know, to, to just realize that and give them a little bit more credit than they do, you know, uh, realize they're way more aware than we think, yeah. you know. Wonderful. I know you agree. Well, I'm so glad it touched your heart because you have a big heart and, and you have helped so many people with your show. And I didn't even know about this show until just a while ago. So I, I just, what you have been doing is amazing and you're a little angel in yourself. And it just, you know, I, I thank you for even allowing me to be on this. Wow. And, you know, it's, it takes all of us together, Sue. You know, nobody can do this alone. Nobody has all the answers. And, you know, everybody touches everyone in a different way. And that's why we need to bring these voices together um, to, to help everybody get through this, to know that they're not alone and to give them hope. And, and I think your song, um, Still Alive Inside, uh, does just that. Now, people can reach out to you via email at speaking for them at gmail.com that's speaking for them at gmail.com or parker intuition at gmail.com again that's parker intuition at gmail.com and is it okay to give out your phone number as well yes honey okay and that yes. is 818-370-0633 3700637 and you can find the song um, again on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, uh, YouTube and and title. And uh, we'll have the link for the one on, on YouTube so you don't miss that. But again, thank you so much for your time and um, sharing your your beautiful song and thank Thank Lee Madison for her beautiful voice. I mean, it just, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Now, some people may be interested in 
um, using it maybe if they're speaking or training um, somewhere along the lines? Is that something you give people permission to do and use? Um, well, I haven't yet because I, you know, I'm just starting everything out, but it, whoever wants to contact me, you know, I certainly would be open to, you know, many different things. I just really, you know, it's just so important to, um, to help people relate. I wish I would have had somebody to help me a little bit more when I was going through it, you know? I'm just thinking there may be others like me who speak and train, and I can see this being really powerful to break down, um, especially with, uh, with both family and staff, um, in terms of getting them to look at things just a little bit different and, and using a different medium to kind of break through some of the sickness. So, um, yes, I do hope, I do hope that happens, honey. And I think just even you with your show, you've helped so many people before I even came along, you've helped so many other people. When I've listened to some of your shows, you know, it's just, it's just amazing. And it's, it's what's been needed. It's mm -hmm. what's been needed, you know, and I, I didn't set out to do this. I just kind of stumbled onto this, um, you know, because I wrote the poem and then wrote the song and, but, but now it really, I have had people, you know, um, contact me and say, Oh my gosh, this has helped me so much. And, and that's what it's all about. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm so happy to do that. And, um, you know, it just, I, th I think actually my mother probably has a hand in this. My mother's name was Rose Ross. Uh -huh. And I really, I just really think that she might've had something to do with a song even, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. uh, Okay, honey. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, and um, best of luck to you. And again, I appreciate uh, your work and Lee's work and your mom's work. You know, it's just uh, all of us together sharing our relationships and how we how we frame the world, how we see it, and how it can be much better than what a lot of people think. So, thank you. Yeah. And for thank our you. God bless you, honey. Thank you. And for our listeners in wrapping up, I want to, again, thank you. I hope you like, click, and share this so that more people can hear, hear the song uh, that Sue uh, Crothers wrote, Still Alive Inside. If you're looking for additional resources for dementia or caregiving, please uh, check out our main website, which is alzheimerspeaks.com. Don't forget to go to the initiatives and projects segment. And also, if you're looking for a speaker, trainer, or consultant, I would love to talk to them. Have a blessed week, everyone. Bye now. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.